Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. The name's Dan. We are here today reading Best Serve Cold by Joe Abercrombie. Just wrapped up our spooky Halloween series on Lovecraft and some other authors and their takes on Lovecraft. Shouts out uh, Melissa for the inspiration for that series. I had a lot of fun, Luke. Oh, Samsies, yeah. Um, a great time. Definitely enjoyed it. Before we get into the book today, I have a bit of a warm-up for you. This is a little bit of research that I've been doing, and I'm curious to hear mm. your take on this research. We've been doing this pod for, I don't know, a couple episodes now, and I feel like mm-hmm. it gives it gives me a little bit of space to speak on issues of fantasy in the world okay like from a from a authoritative position yeah or at least pretend to take one and luke are superhero movies just fantasy movies like are superheroes just magical fantasy characters so this is I think that I have a particular vision of what fantasy is Mm -hmm. that I think is probably like unnecessarily narrow. Okay. Actually. Okay. Walk me through it. Because I I always think of fantasy kind of colloquially as like also having swords. (laughs) I mean, a lot of these like. Some of these superheroes have swords, Luke. Okay, okay. I guess I guess I should say most, if not all, of the fantasy that I read uh-huh. is like not modern era. Okay. Okay. Fantasy. Yeah. Now, that's what I read. That's what I like. But there are obviously fantasy books and stories mm-hmm. that are that are modern fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like that's basically what superhero movies are. It's just like it's not in my fantasy my fantasy wheelhouse. Okay. My, my bucket of fantasy. Yeah. Okay, Luke. Then then I want to kind of blow your mind a little bit, I think. Okay. Is is Greek mythology then the combination of these two things? Is <laughs> is that superhero fantasy? Well, I, so we have read a Greek mythology book on the pod. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Shouts out to Circe. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Don't <laughs> they have so. swords. They all have swords, Luke. Yeah, but but I, I think that bi- like most fantasy, not maybe not most, but like a lot of fantasy that we read is basically superheroes with swords, right? What's what's uh, what's all of What's it called? Kaladin from uh mm, from Why am I forgetting the name of this? Stormlight. All the Stormlight characters are basically superheroes with <sighs> medieval settings. Okay. Uh yes. Yes. But if we think of okay, taking a, an example that's relevant to the book we're reading now, hmm. the First Law trilogy? There's like one superhero in the whole, maybe two in that whole series, mm-hmm. right? There's like two superheroes and one of them is Batman who's been all disfigured, right? <laughs> Doesn't have any superpowers. Is just like <laughs> very dedicated to uh, their craft. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess, okay, I guess Wolverine's in there too. So you get three. Of course. But like, hmm. I think, and like Game of Thrones as well, right? There's no, there's not a lot of super powered people in those. Okay. But Greek mythology, they all have powers, right? <laughs> Humble beginnings, <laughs> gifted powers by some circumstances. They go on a quest. Sure. The only people sure. that, that are even close to fighting them on the same level are also people who've been given powers. Everybody else, they're just Wait, like so tearing I... through. 
So, okay. Well, I, I'm having trouble fully following what the what the main gist of, of what you're trying to say. Okay, is. I've changed my point. I've changed my point okay. at, because you've struck down the fantasy side of things. And now I want to just say Greek mythology is just superheroes before we got comic books. Okay. It's just superheroes before we got comic books. All right. Well, okay. Okay. Here's here's my question to you because mm-hmm. I think that the I think that the physical aspects are there in terms of like yeah, people with with superpowers, sure. Mm-hmm. Is the structure of the story the same? All right. Meaning cuz the structure of superhero stories is essentially right, you have one or a small subset of people that have special powers that take on evil essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me just give you a general outline and you tell me which one it applies to. Um, okay. relatively unknown young boy is gifted with marvelous powers after, um, maybe like being in the right place at the right time, like doing something that's just like slightly abnormal and Mm -hmm. uh, then proceeds to use those powers to go on a quest. Ooh, to go on a quest. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Um, Before going on a quest, I was thinking thinking my guy Spider-Man. Oh, interesting, Luke. Interesting Spider-Man. Spider-Man goes on quests. At some point, at sure. some point, maybe they temporarily lose their powers. Mm-hmm. Do some really tough to watch dance moves. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, this happens in Greek mythology all the time. We get characters. <laughs> uh, who is it? Like Perseus or whatever. Sure. They get sure. like I don't know. They go on a quest. They get these magic powers. They like find these cool magic kind of weapons which gets a little fantasy but like iron man is like building weapons for everybody now iron man's like oh here's a gun that kills everyone here enjoy this cool gun (laughs) spider-man don't know why i didn't give this to you sooner what i'm what i'm hearing from you actually is a okay so we all for some reason it's been decided that there is tons of value in learning about <laughs> Greek mythology yeah. uh, in in school. Yeah. What you're telling me now, actually, is we could revolu- revolutionize the curriculum by turning them into comic books. No, 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 no. I'm taking it a step further, Luke. You've just you've just stumbled upon a, an amazing suggestion. Okay. Sorry, my cat was freaking out. You've just stumbled <laughs> upon an amazing suggestion, Luke, and that is. No more Greek mythology. We can we get that we get all that now from comics. The do, stop making me learn about Achilles. It's not relevant. It doesn't matter. I want to learn about Batman and his struggles. Oh, this is interesting, actually. Well, so <laughs> what class did we learn about Greek mythology in? Actually, sixth grade, I believe. No, but I mean, like, like. Would you consider it history class or would you consider it like? No, it's like the classics. It's like what is like humanities in college. It would have been like the humanities. Sure, sure, sure. But I but I feel like in like in middle school, let's say it was like social studies or something. Yeah, 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 sure. Or like and I don't quite know what that but in, in essence, it was like humanities. I don't know why we do so much teaching of like literature that is, this is turning into something completely different. Actually. What I'm trying to say is assign fantasy books as, (laughs) as ways for like, I don't know, Mm. middle school students, Mm. especially Luke. Okay. Last thing I'll say about this. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) Assigning books. If we are assigning books that we that are written like today, number one, easier to read. So much easier to read, guys, because some of yeah. that stuff is impossible to read nowadays. Right. Uh, two, relevant. The author is alive now and talking about stuff that's happening 
in the last decade, maybe, mm-hmm. rather than like, I don't know, thousands of years ago or a thousand years ago right. or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't care about, I don't care about Achilles. You know what? I'll say it. I don't care about Achilles. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dan, we have a whole ligament named after him. <laughs> yeah, and it sucks. Everybody hates it. It's about how it's terrible it ligament. Was. Well, bottom three ligaments for sure. Yeah, bottom three. Um, I'm sick of it. Like, let us read stuff that is, sure, it can be all fun and fantasy and fake and made up. And, but it's like about <laughs> climate change or whatever. I don't know. Make it relevant. Right. 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 Uh, anyway, uh, students that are listening to our pod as part of their coursework, um, which I'm assuming is happening right now. Yeah. Current, yeah, current students, welcome, welcome to b- <laughs> new humanities. We'll call it. Um. That's right. That's right. Uh, this 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 rant is the origin of your class. Yeah, there we go. Stop using the pod instead of reading the book. Okay, you have to read the book too. You can't just listen to the pod. That's right. We don't do a we don't do a good job summarizing. You're not going to pass if you just listen to the pod. Unfortunately. <laughs> This 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 warm up was very chaotic. I I have to say, and I'm for. I warned you. I'm I glad. warned you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got somewhere in the end. All right, should we talk about the book? Let's talk. Let's talk about the book. Um, okay, so we've read the first third of Best Served Cold. That is, let me let me give the chapter name that we've stopped at because we don't have numbers. The chapter name is "That's Entertainment." Mm-hmm. Uh, I we've stopped at. I want to get us started, Luke, with this first chapter. Okay. Do you have anything before Buddy dies? Before all the the betrayal happens? No. Okay. I am just so pleased with with Joseph with Joe because. He introduces one of the most likable characters of all time with like Benna Uh and then murders him immediately, like spends all this work. Joe spends so much effort making Benna incredibly likable. Right. First chapter, he's dead. He is gone. (laughs) And I loved it. I loved it because in one chapter, Joe made me be like, Benna is the best character. I love Benna. And then dead within the same chapter. Incredible. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, the the what we see from Benna is basically like cracking some jokes. And then he says something really nice. Yeah. Yeah. He is like. <laughs> and, then, and then dead. <laughs> He is like charismatic. He like clearly loves his sister a lot. He is genuinely like seems like a good person. Well, all right, for the most part. Like yeah, okay. But he's just super likable. Yeah, he he definitely was. He definitely very briefly was. Um and it's it sounds like you're you're glad to see him go, but not not because you wanted him to die. I'm I'm in, more impressed. I'm it's more of just like I'm impressed with Joe as a writer here because I was like mm. in such a little time like the efficiency that Joe I don't we don't often comment about like the craft of writing on this pod, but this just mm-hmm. like the efficiency that Joe led me to like a character and then have a payoff of that character being murdered, it was like off the chart. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I'm just impressed. Sure. I'm just impressed. <laughs> Good. All right. Start enough. Start enough strong for Joe, I guess. Great start for Joe. That's, that's good. Uh, that's I, good. I, 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 go ahead. I did want to say something about kind of the characters in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in comparison to the previous series that we've read yeah. in this world, yeah. which is the first law. Um, I I find it particularly noteworthy that like the first law, I feel like was marked by incompetence. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. a lot of the characters and a lot of the plot and a lot of the like even <laughs> like even dialogue is driven by most people are bad at things Ex- except for like the northerners and glockta and glockta but like everyone else it's like the whole the whole thing is like everyone else sucks at stuff even Baez, right? Even when they, they're trying to find the stone and he's like takes him on this quest for nothing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, like the generals. Uh, I don't know. Everyone. And then in this one, every single character that we are like interacting with for a significant amount of time is extremely good at things. <laughs> it's extremely good at what they do. And so like, I I don't know. I just wanted to remark a little bit on how like, for whatever reason, everybody in this book is really good at everything that they do. And everyone in the first law seemed to be really bad at what they did. Yes, there was a lot more luck involved in the first law, it felt like, when people were getting out of stuff. Uh, I right, also- like even, even, obviously Logan was really good at stuff, but every like, interaction every like time we hear him fighting it's like oh he's not good at fighting (laughs) he's Uh just like he's just going for it he's just tenacious which i actually do i actually do want to like remind us of that and that i just love how the northmen talk when they get in a fight uh Mm -hmm. pretty much every time the, every Northman who we've gotten in the head of during a fight is like, oh, I am probably not going to win. Wow, I'm probably going to die like a dog in the mud here. This is horrible. I hate this. Uh, and right. that's just like every time a Northman is thinking in a fight, it's just like, wow, that guy's probably going to stab me to death. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Shivers does it as well at one point. And it's just so interesting to read these like amazing warriors just talking shit about themselves the whole time like oh i'm probably about to die right right because because who we've gotten is shivers obviously logan and dogman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't remember if we actually got first person perspectives from others but but they all do this yeah yeah which which i love about the northmen they're just very right very pessimistic when they get in a fight which is weird right <laughs> um I want to. I do want to step back a little bit to this strategy that that Duke Orso comes up with. Yeah, bold strategy to kill Benna and Monza, um, but it it seems very risky. Like he brings them into his chamber. Sure, there's like seven people around, and they all know what's going to happen except these two. But there's a point where Monza almost gets free. And is like has a weapon. Mm-hmm. Why? Why are you even risking this? This is like one of the greatest fighters in your kingdom. You, right. Just shoot, shoot her with a crossbow on the way in, or something. Like lock her in a hallway <laughs> and shoot her with a crossbow. Right. I mean, this one was weird in like the way that it was done in the way that it was executed yeah because like in a situation where you are betraying your ally but like an actually not even an ally right like an employee yeah essentially yeah like you don't actually need to have some weird way of doing it like no. And in fact, you probably shouldn't even be there. Don't be there. Right. Because like the the one argument, right, is essentially he wants to pin it on uh these other this other group. Yes. But like yeah. It's actually more convincing if she like gets shot by a crossbow while she's walking in. Yeah, rather than like, hey, what are these blood stains in your chambers and why are they in the shape of Monza? also like why did you guys do such a bad job killing her this is the this is the other thing they didn't even do it they didn't even kill her why would you not (laughs) (laughs) i've seen some botched i've read about some botched executions in in my day Uh uh-huh um yeah 
this one seems like they were almost trying. Ah. Uh. It's like why are you why would you not like kill her before you throw her over the edge? I right, you never What do you do? You have to see a body. You can never assume a body. They, uh, have they never read a book? They have books in this world, right? <laughs> That's right. Of course. So like I'm sure they've read stories where somebody's come back from what everybody thought was the grave. The like okay. The mm, the brainworm that I would have with this like in my lab, if yeah. I like even for a second think that I like forgot to turn something off, mm-hmm. it's like bothering me for the <sighs> until I can go back. And I will like go back because I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Of <laughs> I'm course. going back. Yeah. <laughs> now, if this was me and Monza was alive when I threw her over, I'd be like, I need I can't do it. I can't do it. I got to go down to the bottom. We got to go look. I got to go check. <laughs> and so like the level of confidence, I don't know if, you've, if even confidence is the right word. Arrogance. But just arrogance. Arrogance, I guess. Just like, what? How, how are you not even thinking about this? The worst part about this, Luke, right, is what an absolutely terrifying enemy you've just made. Right. The The chapter immediately after this is talking about how like scary monza is as a person like when monza sets her mind to something it's like over it's like a foregone conclusion and like right she's gonna do it and she has no qualms about anything really like when it's when she talks about when it talks about how she like threw her dead dad in the river because she didn't have time to bury him and then immediately started plowing the fields it was like Oh no. Oh no, Orso. You fucked up. You fucked up so bad. <laughs> it's also funny because, like, in the scene, Orso is, like, not really paying attention. <laughs> no. He's like, Are you guys still messing with her? Can you just, like, finish up? It's like, Bro, they've been, like, wrestling over here. What are, you, are you reading? What are you doing? He's like, yeah, this Dilbert strip is fucking awesome. You gotta, you gotta check this out when you guys finish murdering that really famous and powerful mercenary general. <laughs> That's right, the one who I've relied on because of her ruthlessness and thoroughness. The one who's won like all the battles for me. Oh, yeah, it's mm. just another day for me. I don't know, but he's he's doing it though. You know what? Who who are we to judge? Well, he hasn't Man. had any victories since this happened. This is true. This is true. Right? Like yeah. he is we'll see. I'm I'm doubtful he's going to last a whole lot longer. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the point of the book, I assume. I will. <laughs> of course there's going to be a twist, right? Um there's going to be a twist always. Um <laughs> okay uh are you ready to move on to once we've we've formed our team actually uh just about can we first so shivers we we are reintroduced to shivers before he joins the team yeah do you feel like shivers is not very smart um i guess generally sure yeah my sense i is mean shivers you, are you, wait are you saying that he's like dumb to be clear yeah okay okay like i don't think a lot is going on in shiver's head (laughs) sure the reason i say this this he goes to talons because a merchant tells him how awesome it is right and he doesn't like check before committing his whole life to this place that one guy said who's from the place said was awesome this would be like if somebody from new york city came up to me and was like dude i gotta tell you about new york it is the fucking bomb there's like pizza as far (laughs) as the eye can see the streets are paved with gold there are musicians everywhere that sing like angels you can get around super easily anywhere you want it's amazing. You're right on the water. Ah, oh, 
beautiful. <laughs> and I and I heard this from one guy, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna move there with everything I have. I'm gonna sell everything I have and go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is fair. <laughs> Because, like, presumably other people have been to towns. Now, now he's in the north, and for whatever reason, uh, people from the north I don't seem as well-traveled as, like, other places. It, but, like, I, I, have you, I don't know. Have you heard of Talons? Like, like, there are other merchants, right? This isn't the only merchant <laughs> who's come from Talons. Can I also just say how much of a how much of a sociopath this merchant is? Because it seems to me like the reason that he convinced him to move to Talents is so that he could buy his jacket. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like, how much profit are you making off this jacket? This guy's just seen... You're in the north and you're buying a northern jacket. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> he sees There's value. There's gotta be plenty of these for sale. He sees value in everything, Luke. He's getting it at a discount. That's smart. That's smart. Okay. Luke, I also want to say you're making the point that how many North people could have gone there. Uh, Dude literally meets one who has a direct connection to him just out of chance, like pure chance that he meets Greylock, who is like, yeah, I actually have a blood vendetta against you. And, oh, yeah, I happen to be living in this place that you apparently didn't know anything about. <laughs> what? Yeah. Ask, like, yeah. two people. Ask, like, at least two other people about Talons before you're like, that's where I'm going to save my soul. I'm going to go to Talons and be <laughs> reborn. <laughs> right. He's traveled. He's even been other places. It's not like he's grown up in the same small village for his whole life. It's not like he grew up in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, heard that there were buildings that were taller than the corn and was like, I've got to go see these big buildings out in New York City. No, he has literally gone to the capital city of the Union. He has seen the big glorious city. Okay. And he was like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah i gotta try out this talons place it sounds like it'll be real different <laughs> also the guy is like yeah they've got jobs everywhere it'll be fine and he's just like cool i don't need to prepare at all <laughs> he's like forget a resume i'm not bringing one of those he's like i don't want a fighting job now the only thing i know how to do is fighting but apparently they've got other jobs though so apparently they're giving them away apparently that's right i fished with my father once in a lake it was cool (laughs) so yes i think i i see your point about shivers being being kind of dumb um what i was gonna say about shivers actually is he seems very like he seems like our logan for this book yes yes because like a lot of their mannerisms are similar, mm-hmm. which is maybe because of they're both from the north, right? Yeah. But like the point that they're making is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're the way that they talk is kind of the same. They have like people that have told them things that they use as life lessons. It's like this is lo- this is this is new Logan Logan two point uh maybe a little dumber though a little yeah i think maybe a little dumber not quite as powerful on on the like power rankings i mean clearly joe knows this as well because he put him literally in logan's position right Mm. he put him in a fake fight where he's like hey play logan hey shivers you're gonna play logan and yes they're going through the exact same struggle through this series logan is like man i hate that i kill people i hate that i've just got a trail of bodies behind me i want to be done with it i don't want to do it anymore shivers is like the same way he's like ah it sucks that i have to kill people do you think (laughs) do you think literally everybody in the north all of these warriors in the north are constantly thinking this do you think everybody we just don't get their perspective <laughs> Maybe I could see it for sure. Do you, 
<laughs> I mean, obviously, other than like Black Dow and like those, yeah, those types, but yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but like if they all just got in a circle and were like, "Hey, what do you guys think about like ninety percent of the day?" That they would all just come out that they were tired of killing people, and it was like, "Oh, you guys too." <laughs> Should we start, like, an economy or something? Should we learn skills? Should we fish somewhere other than a lake? <laughs> yeah. They, I, what the, honestly, biggest export should be little, uh, little stories that have nuggets of wisdom. Mm. <laughs> the problem is it's hard to monetize those, Luke. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. The publishing industry. Come on. They love them. They just have these books with like one phrase per page. <laughs> That's right. It's, add some fluff. That's easy. It's called poetry, guys. <laughs> Not a lot of text. A lot of pages, though. Really sells. Tons of, tons of pages. Um, okay, I want to I move us to one scene that is about Shivers and Monza. Mm-hmm. And it is when they have, uh, I forget which town it is, but they've gone to this town. Shivers has been made fun of a few times for looking raggedy Mm -hmm. and he's getting a haircut. Mm -hmm. And so we've got Shivers and Monza and a barber in a room. Mm -hmm. And Barbara's just cutting, cutting Shivers' hair. And Shivers and Monza are having an extremely bleak and intense conversation about, like, life and how terrible it is and how, like, uh, (laughs) the only thing I can do is kill people or something. Yeah. What's this barber doing? (laughs) You've got to imagine this is one of the very few times where it's the it's a reversal of roles where instead of you getting your haircut, wishing the barber would kind of just like be quiet. It is the barber cutting your hair being like, God, I wish these people would just please stop talking. (laughs) Right. Because like, I, I, I think it's basically shivers talking about like how he wants to be good Mm -hmm. and like his actions to make other people's lives better. And Mons is like, that's stupid. <laughs> like those don't matter. Other people don't matter. Oh, how did their feelings help you when you were starving? Yeah. <laughs> it's like continues on like that in a really bleak way. And since Shivers is really dumb, I guess he doesn't have like the obvious rebuttals for this. And it's just like, this is a tough conversation to be the, <laughs> the barber for. <laughs> is yes, yes, especially because you're like witnessing somebody being convinced of a worse worldview. Like you're witnessing somebody who starts off like kind of optimistic and like hopeful that they could be good and that things can get better. You're witnessing that be crushed, like systematically crushed by someone else. And right. like how do you just sit by and just like, well, well they're paying me, so oh Hope he doesn't take that to heart. Oh. I know. I know. It'd be so tough. <laughs> and like, man, uh, there would be so many times where I'd like want to chime in a little bit and be like, hey, I don't know about that. Just like little, do a little snip and be like, I'm not sure if that's true. Snip. Snip. <laughs> hey, maybe that's past trauma speaking from her on her end. Maybe. Snip. 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 <laughs> Just maybe. I don't know. Snip. Right. Right. <sighs> so I... I was just reading this and I temp I also temporarily forgot about the barber and in my head I was like there's this is this is tough and I and and, <laughs> and you forgot somebody else really was would, there hearing it really would help if if Shivers had someone someone on his other shoulder yeah given the other side of this and then and then the barber's like all right we're done see you guys later <laughs> and I was like oh my guy enjoy your killing have fun with your terrible (laughs) worldview come on back now (laughs) i hope they tipped him well you know they did that's all monza has at this point is so much money (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) 
just an uncountable num- amount of money that is at this point she has so much that it's like irrelevant yeah it seems yeah um luke you mentioned before everybody's competent here and for the most part i agree with you but there are these shining moments of insanity like just like undiscernible incompetence with mr poisoner guy that that i want to i want to drill down on a little bit the first and most obvious one is the like the rope thing like what 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 are you doing guy how how have you actually made it this far when right you get on like a heist where you have to burn through a rope and you didn't do the rate law calculation correctly like your rate constant you what this is an amateur move this feels like a heat like a complete rookie move um the one that bothered me so much luke is he and day make this like ultimate poison that's what we that's how we meet them is they're making this ultimate poison that's like clear odorless tasteless it's like the best poison ever and then our buddies show up and they're like oh okay let's let's have a little snack and they take everything off the table and then lay out all the food on the table that they made the super poison on idiot what mm. you have separate lab space you need separate lab space from your dining oh. space did they really do this not in the lab literally no i think they ate in the lab i think the lab was the table they showed up and they were like okay time to <laughs> time to convert the lab into my dining room <laughs> like you couldn't afford one other table right that's tough ugh that's that's the first rule. If get Luke, if you've if you've been in a lab before, and I and I asked you, hey, give me the first rule. One, give me one rule about lab safety. You'd be mm-hmm. like, no food or drink in the lab. <laughs> yeah, easy, Luke. It's oh. like it's like goggles. He's probably wearing sandals too. Yeah, goggles, open toed <laughs> shoes. Closed out shoes, no food or drink. Top three. Every time. Dude's breaking all of them. I guarantee it. I guarantee he's got flip flops uh, on. What do you think about you think uh Day's hair is tied back? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. They've also oh, probably got loose they've always, they've also got loose scarves, I imagine, just flapping around everywhere. Just everywhere. <laughs> Just billowy clothing, catching on all the centrifuges and stuff. <laughs> They're using their gloves to open doors. Oh, my God. They've got their phone in the lab. They're using their phone, like, while they're... <sighs> I, love, I love when we just when we just start doing chemistry stuff. They, I mean, those Joe teed us up those for are, it. That's good content. It's really good yeah. content for yeah. all of our listeners out there. Um. I have a theory, actually, about this, Luke. Okay. My theory is that Day is the brains of the operation. And Day is trying mm. to supplant Mr. Poisoner Guy right now. There's there's definitely some hints about the about her supplanting him, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I mean, but to be clear, like, he was, like, originally very competent, right? Like, he has taught her everything, I I think she's making him dumber with a with a something. Oh, okay. Because again, if he had like a little bit better lab technique, he wouldn't have to chug six poisons every morning to give himself immunity. He just like wouldn't encounter the poisons in his in his experience. Um, well, to to be fair, some of his techniques require him to be resistant to the poison. He's just not creative enough, Luke. Okay. Get a little okay. more creative. You don't have to do that. There's no thing that says you have to do that, guy. Um, Dan, a- everybody knows that after the Princess Bride came out, the best way to poison somebody is to develop a, a 
resistance to that poison. Right, because that's how poison works, is you just like take a little bit every day and your body figures out how to metabolize it. It doesn't build up in your system right. over time and slowly kill you. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't understand the mechanism of poison, Dan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> Dude's over here like, if I eat a little arsenic every day. <laughs> you know what? Actually, let me let me amend your let me amend your uh, theory here. Uh-huh. The reason that he's being dumb is that he has lead poisoning. He's giving himself <laughs> lead poisoning every day, and he's becoming a little bit right. dumber every day. Just continuously a bit dumber and yeah. and day has observed this and is like oh i am definitely taking over for this guy right right soon <laughs> which is smart because i mean it doesn't it seems like she's still letting him do these this technique of whatever it is that requires him to be immune yeah i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love it i think it's great oh uh, yeah yeah it's, it's tough to see for sure i mean it would be actually it would be tough to, to see if he was more likable oh for sure nah. for sure he's very unlikable so so it's, it's so it's great. great when it takes like literally all of one job for him to accidentally poison himself in a way that is potentially ruins the whole thing yeah it's fun it's fun to see it <laughs> totally totally <laughs> Um, in this scene, actually, where he's taking all of his, his morning poisons, Uh um, he's eating oatmeal. And I just got to say, what does Joe have against oatmeal? Joe hates it. Joe hates oatmeal more than anyone (laughs) in the world hates oatmeal. And he wants us to know it. I, I'm not the biggest oatmeal guy. I'm not a big oatmeal fan. It's fine. But no one hates oatmeal like Joe Abercrombie hates oatmeal. <laughs> You're so right, Luke. And this was my first thought, honestly, upon reading this was like, damn, Joe, give oatmeal a break. <laughs> you don't have to eat it cold. <laughs> I know. There are ways. There are things you can do. <laughs> Stop eating cold, salty oatmeal for every meal, Joe. You can. There's... Uh, Put some brown sugar. Oh, we've done this before. We've already Absolutely done this. We can't. Sure. We can't do it again. But Joe, we gotta. We gotta just point it out. Joe hates oatmeal. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Come on. Okay. Okay. Let's. <laughs> okay. Uh, my next notes are about once we get to this this party. Do you have anything before then? I want to ask you a question about the bank heist before we get to the party. Okay. Do you think they made this bank too secure? Mm. Here's what I mean. Imagine you're a guard who is supposed to keep watch at the bank. And on your first day of work, they're like, all right, let me show you the security features of our bank. Uh, first off, all the walls are 12 feet thick. So it's going to take a while for anybody to like dig through any of the walls. Second, um, it's all locked up really tight. There's like three locks on every door. Uh, super well secured. Third, we've got a guard. That guy, you see Jerry over there sitting by the desk. Yeah, he is like watching the vault literally all night. Um, so, you know, he's always there. Lastly, the vault is like a foot thick of the best steel we could get. Um, there's no windows on the ground floor. We've also got razor wire going over the roof. Um, you know, if you could just be super alert and patrol inside this building for six hours every night. That is what we're hiring you to do. So uh, I got to reiterate this though. You got to be super alert because you know, we can't have anybody, anybody breaking it. How seriously are you taking that request? Oh, this is a good point. Yeah. I'm, I'm slacking for sure. I'm like, this is the easiest job I've ever had. It's incredible. You've scored You've scored huge here. This is a gold mine you right. found. And you get to just play your Game Boy. You get to play yellow version on your Game Boy all night. Oh, man. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 
I, so actually, this isn't the way that I was expecting you to take this. Um, <laughs> I was kind of thinking that like at a certain point when you're making something so impenetrable, you're like making it so that only the best people will come to it. Ah, uh, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't think that that's a fair thing, but like... So a lot of the times places that are robbed often Mm -hmm. now, this is more things like convenience stores or something Mm -hmm. than like banks, but like it is much better to just like not care about the small amount of theft that happens than to like go all out either preventing or, or whatever. Right, right. I don't know if this is true for, like, banks, especially in this world. But, like, at a certain point, like, it's cheaper to let people steal stuff every now and then. (laughs) Right, than to, like, amp up their security and pay, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right, or even, like, make it so that people have to kill someone to rob your bank. Hmm, I see. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be clear, this was not a robbery. Like, this was an assassination, so it's not quite the same thing, yes. but... Um, yeah, I will say this seems to be, like, a very centralized bank in the region, and, like, I don't think they're... I don't think they're working with, like, FDIC insurance, so <laughs> if they want to convince people to put their money there, they have to be like, we promise no one's going to break in. We promise. Right. Um, right. But... I do think they needed to put some like ground level windows or something because I think like in, from my perspective, guards who are alert are a much better security measure than like a big wall. Mm, like sure. if yeah. the guards are paying attention and you have them like constantly patrolling, that is more secure than like a big wall because a big wall is passive. It's passive security, active security. I think gonna be more effective. It can adapt. Right. Now, okay, they to be fair, they do have guards that are patrolling the wall, but you're saying that if you just didn't have the wall but still have the guards patrolling, they could see inside the bank. Is that your argument? No, my argument is that the guards don't give a shit because of the wall. Uh, I see. If the okay. guards felt like there was a chance somebody could break in, they're gonna be paying attention. Mm-hmm. And then you can also have little heists, little fake heists that you kind of test the guards with. Uh, how are you going to have a fake heist with this bank? That's right. A little you, training exercise, a little fire alarm. You, you can't have a training exercise because the guards would be like, oh, this is the training. There's no way they could have gotten past <laughs> four locked doors and Jerry on their own. This is just a training exercise. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, yeah. That's fair. I mean, it's a, it's a fair critique. Just add a little bit of danger to it. And we see this too when a bunch of the out the exterior guards follow Monza through the city. Like they just abandon their patrol to go help Monza find a place she doesn't even need to go. Right. She's like actively trying to ditch them and they're like, "No, we don't want to go back to our job. That sucks. No one's ever breaking in." <laughs> right. Man, that I'm thinking more about how boring this job is. And like, sure, like being a guard is always going to be very boring. Mm-hmm. But f- this one that it's it's tough to stay to stay alert. Like for like years on end. <laughs> yeah, what do you imagine the stats are? Like do you think anyone has ever in the last like 20 years broken into this bank i would imagine no and i don't think in the story we hear if anyone's ever broken in before i doubt it right so it's like what am i doing with my life if i'm a guard what am i doing what is my purpose what am i stopping by being here (laughs) right (laughs) what's my motivation guys right also i mean back to the point that i'm making though of like at this point, the people that are going to rob this bank 
are not just like someone that's like, hey, let's rob the bank today. Right. It's like someone that is robbing the bank at all costs. Mm. And so like if you have guards, they're going like and like obviously they don't take this strategy of like attacking the guards. But like as a guard, I'm not I'm not like actually risking my life. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. Yeah. Like, I'm there as like a preventative measure. Ah. Once the thing is happening, like, I'm not, I'm not like fighting. You're saying with like a trained assassin. You're right, right, right. I'm a guard. Right, right. (laughs) This is my job. I'm guarding money. I'm not guarding my family or my country. I'm guarding someone else's money. I'm not laying down my life for this. You're right, Luke. You're totally right. The only people who are going to make it into the bank are people who are committed to killing anybody in their way, who are fully committed to doing whatever it takes to get in, which includes killing guards. The guards, it's a totally lopsided... Yes, 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 yes. It's totally lopsided because the guards are going to drop whatever they're holding and run as soon as they encounter a secret assassin who is like threatening to kill them. It's like, yeah, I don't care. Go, go. I'll help you. Right. (laughs) Please don't take me hostage. So I, yeah, I I don't know. The guards might be a security flaw, actually. (laughs) Are we we basically getting to the point where you cannot guard a bank or like there's no defense against bank robbers? (laughs) I can't think. I mean, the only defense I could think of is if you locked the guard's family inside the vault and were like, there's a secret. There's a secret. Maybe Gerald is one of the guard's brothers. <laughs> and Gerald, the only way the vault opens without the key is Gerald has to like die or something. Like Gerald has swallowed the <laughs> Gerald <laughs> Gerald has swallowed the key every night. And only every morning do they <laughs> dig it out of what Gerald has left behind. And so if you want to open the vault at night, you have to kill Gerald. That's the only way. This is tough. This is tough. I don't want Gerald's job. <laughs> also, we've changed lot, his though. name to Gerald. We've given him his full name instead of just the Jerry that everybody calls him. But Gerald is his full That's name. Plus. <laughs> he earned it. He earned it with his bravery. He did. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> Let's go to the party, huh? Let's go to the party. Um... <laughs> I just want to say, I really, it was a great place in my mind for us to end it, which is right where everything has gone hilariously. I don't know if wrong is the right word because like they did assassinate one of their targets, but at the moment that we have stopped. Things are popping off. Our 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 boy, Friendly, yeah. has killed a random person. Mm-hmm um in a really grotesque way yes he does yep as he loves to do Uh, um shivers and his sparring partner have (laughs) gotten into a serious fight and shivers has killed him uh uh-huh and then ario's body has just dropped from the sky all within like 30 seconds of each other yeah yeah pretty incredible i'll say pretty good if i'm if i'm a party goer and it's getting close to halloween i'm thinking amazing show (laughs) well there's a there's a lot of people in there they're like these guys are great yeah like the what i'm thinking is oh all that stuff that was really bad earlier is is part of the whole act it was it was to get me to think that this is real i see Okay, you're saying the fact that everything has come together at the same time might actually work out in their favor because it seems so unlikely. Oh, it's choreographed, right? It's like gotta be. Right. This is this is high drama. This is not mm-hmm. like random killings that are happening at this party for no reason. <laughs> Suddenly, right. coincidentally, at the same time, this has been orchestrated and practiced for weeks. Right. Everyone's right. in on it. Wow, the blood looks so real. Incredible. <laughs> wow, it's almost like I can see that guy's brains. <laughs> wow, but... is that guy's hand cut off? How did they do that? <laughs> and I think somebody does remark on that. So, Right, right. I, I, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I think they could pull it off. Maybe. There's still a maybe. chance. Yeah. There's still a chance. 
<laughs> so I okay, I have two notes during this section as yeah, well. Yeah. Um number one is we haven't talked about him, but uh Nicomo Casca, I think is yeah, his name Casca. Or something like yeah. that. Um I don't have a I don't have a ton on him, but I think I, he's been a he's been a star so far in this section, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. He's been great. I don't know why this part got me, but right at the end, when uh, Shivers has killed uh, whatever his name is, Greylock, and yeah. he goes like, "Why does this kind of thing always happen to me?" And then like Costco's like peeking over his shoulder and says something. I don't know why. I cackled at that. I for some reason that one got me. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm in I'm into Casca during this section. I think he's fun. Casca is fucking brilliant. I love him. I honestly am kind of pissed at Monza because the grift Casca sets up is so mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. smart. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, let's pretend to fight. Let's 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 stop fighting. Let's take money from both sides and just fucking pretend. Let's act. Right. Way easier, way more like lucrative. What? Why why would anyone go against this? I don't know. I don't know. Like you're yeah. mercenary. It's a tough betrayal. You're doing this honestly. for money. Right. How are you going to make more You can't make more money. <laughs> well, like even like yeah, you literally can't because like your employer is paying you to win. Yeah. And you can decide who wins. <laughs> you could get together and be like, who's going to pay us more to win? And then that right. side wins. And then all the employers around are like, how do I win a battle? I just pay more. And so the price just keeps going up and up. <laughs> like you have directly correlated paying me with winning. It's it's a foolproof plan. <laughs> and if anybody goes against them, right? If anybody goes against them on the grift... You have two armies now that are going to fight this third army. If anybody's right. like, hey, I'll be a real mercenary army, then the two of them are like, okay, let's team up for a minute and kill them, and then we'll go back to our grift. I will say it's a big secret to keep. Sure, sure. Because, like, everyone has to be in on it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but who is the psycho? Who is like, I'm telling on you. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it has to be telling on you. But like, at some point, they're mercenaries, right? They like, yeah. they spend their money on like going to bars and getting okay. drunk. Okay, yeah. At some point, somebody yeah. is going to be like boasting about the fact that they don't have to fight. I mean, they, they do fake fight a little. So. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and I imagine with I most of the troops, they've convinced them that they're so terrifying that the other side kind of turns and runs before they even make contact. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Or, or Luke, here's what it is. Here's what it is. You know how, have you ever taken a martial arts class? Uh, no, actually, I don't think. So in martial arts classes, you learn like sequences of moves. Mm-hmm. Maybe the training that they're doing for all their mercenaries is like choreographed like this. So everybody knows the moves everybody else is going to make. They think they're fighting. They're like, oh, yeah, this is what fighting is, is you go, you go right, left, right, and then stab. And and so they have they have like trained their recruits that this is what fighting is. So they all think <laughs> they've, been, they've incepted them. <laughs> they all think they're doing their highly refined techniques of like left, right, stab. Um, but it's in fact they all are just mirroring each other. <laughs> I would love that. I'd love to hear that. That'd be awesome. And so then you have a tight core of people that are like, they actually know what's going on. And they're like, okay, we just have to design the training. They're like communicating back and forth with like mirror, mirror trainings between them. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go right, left stab. You go left, right block this week. (laughs) I love the idea. They're like, 
one one mercenary army is the block army and one is the stab <laughs> they're like yeah it works great actually uh, i'm really good at blocking they never get me <laughs> yeah as long as you block here they can't touch you and then the other side is <laughs> that's actually tough because the other side's confidence got to be very low yeah but the I've other never, side because they're like i've never stabbed someone but that's my whole thing <laughs> the other side they do let the other side win though so they go, they go left, right, block, and uh, then they're okay. like, okay, that was dangerous. We better run before they get another stab in, because I don't know if my second mm. block is going to be as good as that first one. Okay, smart. Smart. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. And then they switch. Okay, yeah, I agree. And then they switch. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. And Monza messed it all up. Uh, for, that's I mean, I'm, I, th- I imagine we'll get the reason later. Because sure. it's like yeah. a huge choice that she has made for I don't know what reason, but right, yeah. But it, I, since we get a little history lesson every few chapters, maybe that'll maybe that'll come up. Mm-hmm. Um, the last the last thing that I have is that so so Monza has been uh, taking this drug. I think it's called Husk, mm-hmm. and. When she is in the room with the king, mm-hmm. our boy Jezel, <clears throat> classic uh, Jezel. She doesn't. She ends up giving giving him some, and he falls asleep very quickly. And I guess my point that I'm trying to make actually is, at what point is this drug a chemical weapon? I think at this because point, I think it currently because. Is. This is the strongest, most potent drug that you smoke. Yeah. That I that I feel like I've seen in a while. Yeah. Because like, I think Jezel has two puffs mm-hmm. and is asleep. Yeah. And Monza, who is like, has been take has presumably built up some level of resistance to it because she's been doing it for a while takes a couple puffs, including just, like, some of the residual smoke from Jezel, and, is like, the walls are running. And it's like, okay, I, like, I feel like I could have run a bank heist just by, like, dropping a leaf or whatever it is of burning husk in, and I'm, and it's chaos, and I'm in. I see. You're saying, like, make a husk smoke bomb, and... And nobody's gonna be up and around moving, right? Hmm. Ah, uh, this is a great point, actually. It's also interesting that the husk dealers in this world aren't going around everywhere just dropping little husk bombs because it also sounds incredibly addictive, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, m- um. I mean, maybe there's like a, a law against this. Maybe they're like, hey, this we've all agreed. All the nations came together and were like, no husk. No husk warfare, please. It's too much. <laughs> sure, sure. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that this is the one drug that I've seen granted. Well, <laughs> this is a drug where... If it's like mixed in with a bunch of completely inactive ingredients, it's great, right? Like in our world, right? If you're like, it's famously a you're a bad drug dealer if they have like really impure product. You're saying this needs to be cut with something. This needs to be cut with like literal grass. I need a dilution. For sure. I don't I don't know, Luke. I think I don't think people would be too pleased if the like because they're not buying a lot of this, right? Like it's like dust. It's like a little bit of dust in a bowl. I I guess. I, I don't know. But it just like it would make it like logistically so much easier. Mm. Because currently it's like here's two micrograms of dust. Right, like it's how are you weighing that out? It's the only safe dose. <laughs> this is actually an amazing point because once you get this stuff burning, like I imagine a lot of it's going to get wasted if you aren't able to smoke at all. 
Right. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Let's dilute this a little bit, guys. Hold on. Come on. Come on. Also, like, just it's very difficult for me to weigh out the smallest dose possible in my little in my little pipe. I want to be able to put a tablespoon in. Okay, Luke. That's what I have on hand. It's an easy measurement. <laughs> Luke's taking a fistful of drugs and putting them into a pipe. No, this is the point. It's a fistful of material and a very tiny amount of drug. I mean, you could... that way. That way, I'm just reaching into a bag and dumping, and it's fine. Instead of like getting out my getting out my spatula and my scale that goes down to seven decimal points. Your precision scale, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that they for sure have, yeah. <laughs> Now, if I want if I want to safely do drugs, I no one can walk near me while I'm weighing out my my drugs because it's going to mess with my measurement. Because <laughs> they'll fly off the scale, because right. they'll be gone into the air. Um, the other way that I would I was thinking you were going to go with this was, uh, so is Jezel going to be just addicted to crack now? Is this hope, a way to I destabilize a regime is get one hot lady to convince them to try crack once and then now they're hooked on crack <laughs> forever? It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is what happens with Monza. She does it like one time and is like, wow, I have like a really strong addiction to this now. Right. <laughs> Well, to be cl- to be fair, she does it many times to deal with pain, and then I think she is addicted. Sure. So she takes it under doctor's advisement. Right. Right. Which, come on, buddy. Like, there's other there's other painkillers. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know, Luke. Uh but yeah, that's where I thought you were gonna take it. Is like convincing ruling leaders to how how is. Baez not told Jezel not to smoke husk. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, Luke, I'm glad we've gotten to see some hints of previous characters in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I am curious who else we're going to get little, little glimpses of. Um, mm-hmm. For a while, I was thinking we might, we might hear more about the Bloody Nine. Uh, I don't think... Joe's going to tell us anything about if the Bloody Nine is still out running around or not. Like, I think it's it's going to remain uncertain if the okay, Bloody Nine sure. is still around. But I'd love to hear to hear about some more of our of our past past folks. I'd love to see what Baez is up to hear about what Baez is doing these days. Sure, of course. Yeah. Um, so, Luke, I'm I'm going to be keeping an eye out, keeping an eye out for these characters in, in our next our next third. That's right. And, um, you know, we'll be thinking of hot takes. And being dumb nerds.